It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. 708 and 69 degrees outside. Hey, it's a great Saturday morning because the Lawn and Garden Show has begun. Been here for an hour so far, going for two more. And you can call us and ask any garden question you have on your mind. 404-872-0750. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener, and I'm here to help and make you more successful in your landscape. Jeremiah is in Smyrna, Georgia, and joins us in Lawn and Garden. Jeremiah, hey, good morning. Good morning, sir. I appreciate you, your, your your interesting telephone uh, call-in show. Thank you, uh, sir. We're we're somewhat new to Georgia. We were here a year for one year back years ago, and you guys got pine trees like crazy. And we've got <laughs> no kidding, Jeremiah. Oh my goodness! And, and, and we've got four children. We got a big backyard. There's yeah. so many pine trees back in there, and, uh, and and we won't be able to use that space. But there's pine needles. And pine cones right. and pine branches everywhere, and I don't know whether to burn it in place, try to get a bobcat, scrape it all together, Ooh. burn it, or yeah. or just live with it, or what to do with it. I we want to use that space, and right now it's just it's just kind of you know unusable because of all the pine cones and stuff there. I think Jeremiah, my rate was two dollars for a five-gallon plastic bucket. Filled with pine cones. I believe that's what I paid my son to pick up pine cones out of the front yard. So, you know, create a little work economy in there. and You can hire your kids and anybody else who wants to come pick up pine cones. You may find more takers than you anticipate. Um, there's no way to make a pine tree not drop pine cones. They're going to do it because that's the way they reproduce themselves. That's their flower and seed source and that sort of thing. Sure. But there used to be, Jeremiah, a gizmo, a tool called the Cone Evore, K C O N E Cone I I V O R E Conevore. It was a hollow plastic tube about five inches, I guess, in diameter, with little plastic fingers on the bottom, and you could just take it and push it over pine cones, just to dunk, to dunk, to dunk, to dunk, and it would collect the pine cones in the tube, and then you empty it out in a pile in the corner of the yard where you don't care if the pine cones are there or not. But I don't think the conivore is still available. Last I heard, it was uh, discontinued by the manufacturer for whatever reasons, but uh, the conivore would pick up pine cones really, really readily. If you could find one on eBay or something like that, you know, the conivore might be one possibility. Uh, but, you know, what else do you want me to tell you? The, what can well, we do? I mean, that's fine. Yeah, we know we got it, and we're working with them. We're trying to get them children to do that. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and you got a better rate than we're getting. But <laughs> but uh, what about all those pine needles? Is it, is it just customary for folks to live with those and yeah. play and work on those, or do they try to get rid of those and put moss or grass down? Or Most what? of the time, just leave them there, leave them on the ground. Um, you know, some people rake it up and distribute the pine straw as mulch underneath shrubs and trees and things like that and try to have a grassy area that doesn't have too many pine pine needles on it. But that's just your decision. You decide, well, it looks all right with the pine needles on it and it provides some mulch and cover and the kids can run around on the pine needles without getting stuck with those spines on the pine cones. Uh, it just depends on what you want to do. Okay. All right. Well, I guess it's just a new way of life, isn't it? <laughs> new way of life. You moved to Georgia, changed your whole life around. Pine <laughs> trees. Made it all happen. Yeah, but it's all worth it. Yes, yeah. sir. Thank you very much. Glad you're here, Jeremiah. Call again. We'll see you soon. Twelve minutes past the hour, and Bob is in Lawrenceville. His strawberry is just not doing the suit. Hey, Bob. Good morning. Good morning, Walter. What's up? Walter, I've had a 
strawberry patch for several years, and uh, they were used to be sizable size. Now, every year, the patch has grown, but the strawberries are getting smaller. Mm. What causes that, and what can I do to stop it from getting smaller and get them up big again? Most of the time, the answer would be fertilization, that you need lots of leaves on a plant, whether it's an apple or a strawberry. Leaves grab sunshine, turn it into sugars, and the sugars then become you know, stored in the fruit or apple or pear, whatever you have. So how are you fertilizing the strawberries? I'm not, Walter. <laughs> but then, Bob, get out of here. First thing I say, and you say, well, I didn't know about well, that. I didn't fertilize. It's so good. It's so tall and big. Yeah. All right. Well, that's the first thing to get done is to fertilize your strawberries. Um, you don't have to use the synthetic fertilizers. As a matter of fact, I sort of like the organic fertilizers like uh, Hollytone and uh, Milorganite and uh, the EB Stone uh, organic fertilizers that Pike sells. All three of those do great. And just use the back of the box. It'll tell you how much to put down per 100 square feet or whatever you have of strawberries. But that's your first thing. Get them, get them uh, uh, fertilized and fed. And you can do it now. There's nothing wrong with fertilizing them now. I wouldn't do it heavily now because summertime the heat is coming and strawberries are not really uh, that tolerant of heat. If they're stressed by too much fertilizer, they might not be very happy at all. But uh, you can fertilize, I think, once now and the next time would be sometime when it cools down in October and maybe a third time each year in January, February. So what about if I moved some of the strawberries from that patch and took the new runners yeah. and just used the new runners? Yeah, uh, transplanted them now. With yeah, that oh, water. that's fine. You can transplant them. Keep watering. They have little shallow roots, so uh, you have to be sure you don't let them dry out in the hot weather. But yeah, you can transplant strawberry runners from the mother plants that have gotten out of the bed and going towards the woods. You can take all those runners and transplant them like a new bed if you want to. And when would you take the old the mother plant out? How many years uh, should you? Some people say every year. I sort of look at the mother plant and say, okay, if it's real tattered by the beginning of, uh, of spring after a cold winter, then I'll go ahead and take the mother plant out then because she's probably not going to have many flowers, and she's just taking up room where the little baby runners could, could more readily be growing. Okay. Well, I thank you very much, Walter. I always enjoy the show. Thank you, Bob. I do appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. 14 minutes past the hour of 7 o'clock on a Saturday morning. We got Bill in Kingston. Oh, man, he's got problems with the little four-legged critters. Bill, hey, good morning. Yeah, um, I've had them every other years, and I haven't had them yet this year. <laughs> I was wondering if there's something I could put around the garden to tell the rodents to go another direction. You are talking to a guy, Bill who has vowed vengeance on rodents in his garden. I've decided this year that I'm not going to let the squirrels and the chipmunks and any other creature that likes my tomatoes, I'm just not going to let them build up their population at the expense of my garden. And so for the past, Bill, it's been, I guess, two, three weeks now that I started trapping. I have a little Have a Heart live trap, and I put that near my bird feeder because I know that's where all the chipmunks and the squirrels and everybody wants to hang around during the winter and the spring. And so I have this little Have a Heart trap, and I'm, I'm up to now nine chipmunks, two squirrels, and two rats that I found in my backyard, and they are somewhere else that they can enjoy somebody else's or it's a really swampy <laughs> place. It's not anybody's real uh, garden property. But I have been trapping those things just like you, just to get ahead of the situation before they eat all my tomatoes in the middle of the summertime. But there's no chemical or something I could put around the garden? Nope. Okay. Nope. And what's the best thing to put on uh, eggplant leaves to keep them from getting eight? 
<laughs> they got flea beetles. Uh, flea beetle is just the most common thing in the world. And I'll just tell you my secret, Bill, right now, and don't tell anybody else, all right? But I'm going to post on my Facebook page in a couple of days a eggplant leaf that has zero flea beetle holes in it. And I took the picture of that leaf in Cuba. And the reason that I took the picture of the leaf is because I wanted to show how effective nicotine-based insecticides are. Because in Cuba, the way they make some of their insecticides for their garden, it's like a tobacco leaf, soak it for a while in a gallon of water, and then strain it and put that into the sprayer. And it will kill flea beetles like a charm. It's a real dangerous poison, too. So they wear rubber boots and you know, raincoats and things like that when they're using the tobacco-based uh, insecticide. But I want to post it on my Facebook page and say, does anybody see what's wrong with this eggplant leaf? And the answer is, it doesn't have any flea beetle holes in it like it would normally in, in the States with your, your garden and mine. Thank you. It's great talking to you, Bill. Hey, man, thanks for calling. Right. It's 717 at News Talk WSB. You're listening to Lawn and Garden. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. All right, it's 724. A quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Look outside right now. It is a very pleasant 68 degrees. Imagine what it's going to be around 3 o'clock this afternoon. It's going to be a pretty hot and humid 90 degrees. So if you need to garden, do it now. If you need to know what to do in your garden, give me a call, 404-872-0750. It gets your full weekend forecast. comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Alan is up in Ackworth and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Alan, good morning. Good morning. How are you this morning? Hi, fabulous, Alan. How can I help? Uh, I have two weeping cherries that I planted, I believe it was early April, okay. and one of them is doing fine. They're on the opposite sides of my house. Um, the one in the back has, uh, it's losing leaves, and when I looked at it, you could see where there's these little bite marks, and then on one branch, there's a cluster, little fuzzy white, I don't know if they're flies or yeah. some kind of a fungus or something. Huh. Now, this is interesting. How big are the little white fuzzy thingies on the leaf it's, of this tree? It's just one cluster. Um, so it's probably the size of a dime. It's probably not the cause of the decline of the cherry tree. It's just not enough of them. It's a you know a cluster the size of a dime. It's not going to hurt the whole tree. So if you fear that there's some kind of insect, I mean, frankly, go mash them with your thumb. <laughs> That'd be the end of it. You don't have to spray anything for yeah. them. But, but planting trees in April is a very problematic thing for a lot of gardeners. And they just have to be watered. They have a root system that's just screaming for water. It's not really able to develop much during the spring when the leaves are taking all the energy of the tree as they pop out. And so my guess is that this cherry tree is suffering a little bit from water damage or water or drought damage. Well, really. I thought that too. I mean, the, the branches are still pretty pliable. They're not. It's not. They're not dead, but you can see bite marks on the leaves. And when you say bite, just little circles or holes in the middle or something like that. Uh. 
Yeah, or from the ends, it looks little chunks are taken. One out. more thing to check on it. Check on is Japanese beetles. Japanese beetles have been out now for a couple weeks, really. And so, if you see little coppery-colored green beetles that are on the leaves, they do like cherry trees. So that is a possibility. Um, there may not be a lot of them, so you may not see more than two, three, four, perhaps. But that's one thing to look for, Alan. If you don't know what a Japanese beetle looks like, then just Google it, see an image of it. They're little green, coppery kind of beetles, but uh, still, if it's declining, if it doesn't have many leaves on it right now, if there's just something about the tree that doesn't look quite right, the first thing I would think about for a tree planted in April is water. Water didn't get to the roots or the root ball was dried out at one time or another. Something like that, I think, is probably the root cause of the decline of the tree. Check that out. and Let me know about it next Saturday. We'll see if we can talk about it a little bit more. It's 727 at News Talk WSB. we got Ray and Warner Robbins in just a minute. wants to know where he can oversee his St. Augustine lawn. And Henry in Atlanta says, I need some sod. Some St. Augustine sod right now. Karen in Cumming has calla lily seeds. She needs to know how to plant. And Sharon and Marietta, weeping willows. Mmm, they're not looking so good on her weeping willows. So we'll talk about that and maybe talk to you at 404-872-0750. We'll be back after news. and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center, playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. 736, 68 degrees outside. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener, here to help you be more successful in your landscape. Just ask me and I'll tell you how I would do it, and hopefully I'll have an answer that's based on research and experience and give you the real, real easy answer of what you can do in your in your landscape. Our phone number for the Lawn and Garden Show is 404-872-0750, but we want to do some deals right now with the WSB McDonald's Weekend Prize Pack. So, Ashley Frasco is thinking of a number between 2 and 7, to determine who wins a pair of tickets to see David Gray and Amos Lee in concert June 24th at Verizon Wireless Amphitheater, produced by ASO Presents, plus the McDonald's $25 gift card. The weekend prize, of course, brought to you by McDonald's Mac Cafe. I'm loving it. Ashley Frasca, somebody's going to love these tickets, and who is it going to be? I have a good feeling about caller number five. Caller number five, the lucky caller number five at 404 741 0750 gets you in. Be the fifth caller and you get to see Amos Lee. And that'll be a lot of fun. Sharon is with us this morning on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Sharon. Good morning. Good morning, Walter. Um, I, too, have a weeping cherry issue uh -oh. um, <clears throat> here in Marietta. We went away for a couple of weeks, came home, and our 25-year-old weeping cherry yeah. <clears throat> um, has several trunks that are dying. Ooh. Don't know why. It's always been beautiful, yeah. and I'm afraid I'm going to have to, I don't know what w to do. Would you say half of it is dead, dying brown, doesn't look good, half or um, more? Well, let's see, two of six trunks, about a third. Mm, that that's, doesn't sound great, but it has a possibility of 
losing some limbs on one side and uh, still recovering on the other side of the tree. Uh-huh. If you had said 50% is brown, then that doesn't have a good ring in my mind. It's <laughs> something okay. if 50% well, I'm dead. If I don't do something recover. right away, I, I am going to lose the rest of it, of mm-hmm. course. Um, it's it's about now. I'm standing out in front of it right now, and and it is one third of the tree. Wow, <clears throat> you know it's hard. It's hard to say. My bet is something going on in the root system underneath it. What I don't have a don't have an answer for that. Yeah. But weeping cherries, generally speaking, will last 20, 25, maybe 30 years. And then the stressors of 10 years ago when there was a big drought or five years ago when there was so much rain that it saturated the soil or various things like that that maybe we don't remember and immediately blame for the condition that happens today. But trees accumulate. They accumulate things that bad things that happened to them in the last decade, and sometimes you just don't remember what it was that might be now causing the problem you see. So I don't have a okay. an answer for you of what's causing it to, to decline. I can tell you that the best thing the tree ever gets is mulch underneath. You have to mulch all the way out to the drip line of the tree, and that makes a, any tree, whether it's a cherry or yeah, sure. oak or willow or plum or anything, it makes it really, really happy not to have to fight with grasses and to have moisture that it's pretty consistent in the soil and keep the soil mm-hmm. cool as well. All those it, things are good for mulch. Okay, it's it's on a berm and it has a you know a large rock, very large rock near it. Yeah. And there's also um, uh, a, a pear, a Bradford pear nearby that mm-hmm. I think may be creeping in on it. Might be competing a little bit for moisture in the soil. Yeah, right, right. I don't have any love lost for Bradford pears, so if you feel like the Bradford (laughs) pear is a delinquent plant, then, uh, you know, call the tree guy to come get it and take it away. Uh, So I haven't really solved your problem, Sharon, but I'm just telling you that mulch underneath the tree in general is the best thing you can do for it. Not necessarily fertilizer, not necessarily copious amounts of water, but just make the soil moist, cool, and uh, no weeds to compete. That's a great thing for a tree. Okay. All right. Much appreciated. Thank you. Thanks for calling, Sharon. (laughs) Henry, let's talk about finding some St. Augustine's side and see if we can help Henry. Henry, good morning. Good morning. How can I help? Well, I was wondering, where could I find some St. Augustine side in the metro area? There are ooh, at least five or ten, maybe, sort of what I call specialized sod sellers in Atlanta. And rather than say which name you know, I would do, because all of them are nice people, they know what they're talking about, but generally speaking, you won't find St. Augustine at a nursery like Pike. They don't generally have it. I bought one time before, and the manager of the store sort of did me a favor and ordered some in for me to get from his store. So you might be able to get the uh, Pike nearest you to bring in some St. Augustine side, but it wouldn't be normal for them to have it in stock all the time. And so you have to go to one of the side uh, resellers that are around Atlanta. There's one, two or three, actually, down at the farmer's market in Forest Park, a couple in North Georgia who will deliver it to you. And the way to find numbers is to go to the Georgia Ag, uh, Georgia Urban Ag website. It's called GeorgiaLandscapePro.com. GeorgiaLandscapePro.com. And then you can do a search of the members. And if you say, I need some side, then they'll say, oh, this person, this person, this person, this person. Call them up, see what they charge, see what it costs to get it delivered. And you got to St. Augustine side. Well, I uh, checked with the people at the uh, farmer's market. Yeah. They said it would be mid-July uh, before they get any in. Okay. That may be true. I mean, sod is very dependent on weather and what the things were like at the sod farms in South Georgia, so it may be that they're delayed this year. I would have thought it'd be around now, but it's still sort of mid-June, so I can sort of see why it might be a little bit later to have it available. 
Okay, so I just need to wait. I think being weight is fine. It's not going to hurt anything. I mean, watering now, watering in July. Either way, it's going to be a lot of water to put down for the sod once it's been put in the ground. So, you know, you haven't lost a lot other than a bare lawn that doesn't have any grass on it right now. Well, I had last year I had a uh, problem with uh, some type of bug in the lawn, so I just wanted to replace. I looked like I'm about to replace about 50% of it. Wow. How, do you I know what bug it was? I can guess that if you have a bug, it's chinch bug. The chinch yeah, bugs are very common yeah. on St. Augustine. So if uh, a listener's – in fact, I'll give a free bit of advice right now for listeners who have St. Augustine lawns. Go check your lawn right this minute for Saint Aug- for chinch bug on St. Augustine grass. And the way to check it is pretty easy. you got to – a vacuum cleaner, a little dust buster will work fine, and put a piece of um, uh, cheesecloth or lady's stocking that you cut off the toe over the nozzle and just go out and just vacuum around around your lawn. And uh, when you vacuum two or three minutes, then go look at the uh, what the cheesecloth or the nylon has uh, accumulated there. And there's little red bugs, the little red bugs, that's chinch bugs, and they will eat up a St. Augustine lawn. You can put insecticide down now and, generally speaking, prevent it for the next three, four, five months maybe, but you got to get ahead of them. You don't want to be where you are, Henry, where you're after the fact saying, oh, my gosh, look at all these chinch bugs and what the damage they've done already. All right, thank you. All right, Henry, thanks for calling. Word for the wise, check for chinch bugs on St. Augustine lawns. I do it every year, and I put insecticide down because I don't like what the damage looks like on a St. Augustine lawn at all. Ray is out in Warner Robins with his question about uh, about chinch bugs, not about chinch bugs, but about uh, St. Augustine lawns. Hey, Ray, good morning. Good morning. I, I'm, well, I've got some worn-out centipede I'm getting ready to replace, and I want to plant St. Augustine, but I learned on your website and some others that uh, – you can't buy seed, so once I get it planted and established, how do I oversee it to keep it full and growing? Well, as you correctly point out, there's no such thing as commercially available St. Augustine seed. Breeders and people in laboratories and greenhouses for universities uh, will breed just a few viable seeds from two St. Augustine plants as they bred with each other. And they'll let those seeds grow, and then they'll produce more plants, and then more plants, and cut them into little sprigs and sell those to the sod farmers in South Georgia. But you won't find any St. Augustine seed commercially available ever. So you just have to let the sprigs. You can buy uh, St. Augustine sod, cut it up into little sprigs, and plant those, or use your existing sod and take some runners off of it, which is what I do, and put those runners in the places that are bare. That's the way you reproduce St. Augustine, but never from seed. Okay, can, can I ask you one more question? Sure, quick? let's do it real quick, though. Uh, uh, you, you mentioned with uh, Mickey on the Bonide, I believe it's called Weed Beat, or the product you can use and replant in about two weeks. Oh, yeah. I'm having trouble finding that in South Georgia. Hmm. Uh, is there a reason for that? Or? Uh, Bonide is uh, it's dis- it's distributed to um, generally independent nurseries, so that would be Pike Nursery here in Atlanta, but generally hardware stores and places like that that have a little garden center in the back of the hardware store, they are more likely to have it than the big box stores would have it. Bonide. Yeah, a lot of them have the Bonide products, but, yeah. but don't have that particular one. You know, you can always call Bonide. They're nice people. I've called, talked to them before about certain products that I thought should be in Atlanta, and uh, if you can sit, get the phone number or Google the company name and just call them and ask them, where, where do you sell this uh, weed beater product in South Georgia near Warner, Warner Robins? And they can tell you. I appreciate it. Thank you very much, Walter. Ray, it's great talking to you. Thanks for calling. We got who? Karen. Karen's up and coming, Georgia. And Karen joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Karen. Good morning. Hi. Good morning. How can I help? 
So I have a beautiful calla lily in a pot, mm-hmm. had a first bloom on it in April, and now I've noticed that bloom is real heavy and fallen over, and the color's gone. Yesterday I investigated. Inside, there looked like there's a bunch of little seeds. Ooh, that's Can great. I do something with those to have more calla lily? You could indeed. And I want to call out my friend Cindy McNabb at the end of my street, who has done so well with her calla lilies. I've been very impressed with that. And uh, I've told her that I've had almost zero success myself. You have already done better than I have, Karen, with calla lilies. For whatever reason, I just don't have that color thumb to grow callas. They just all die on me after a year, and that's the end of that story. But if you got the little seeds in there, calla lily is a member of the um, Arum family, and so they have a little sort of spike thing that has the seeds attached to the sides of it. And generally speaking, you wait until they're pretty dry or if they change color when they're sort of you know, purplish-brown is the best way to call it. And so when you have those little seeds there, that's when you can take them, take the little stalk off and divide it up with your fingers and then plant the seeds around in your calla lily bed. Yeah. Okay. So is it better to leave it on the plant until that happens? Leave or? it on the plant, yeah. Let the plant go ahead and mature the seeds. And okay. naturally, you'll go out there one, one morning and say, oh, man, the seeds have all turned color, all look brown and sort of dried up on the stalk. Now's the time to collect the seeds and plant them in the ground. Okay, super. Thank you so much. Easy enough. Thanks for calling, Karen. Okay, bye-bye. Don't forget that if you go to my website, WalterReeves.com, there's several things, very important, very interesting things you can do there. One is to subscribe to my bi-weekly email newsletter. It comes out every Thursday or every other Thursday, I guess. It always has interesting questions and pictures that people have sent to me to answer there. You can sign up to be on my Facebook page, like the Georgia Gardener with, on Facebook, and get tips that I put out throughout the week. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm looking for 1,000 followers on Twitter. If I can get up to 1,000, I'll really feel proud of myself. There's details about our Cuba trip in October. We're going down to Cuba for the fourth time, taking a legally uh, approved people-to-people tour of gardens and uh, agricultural areas of Cuba. It's going to be really, really fun. So details about that as well. All found at WalterReeves.com. You're listening to Lawn and Garden. We'll be back after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves and the Lawn and Garden advice you need. Another update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Bottom line, it's going to be hot this afternoon. It's going to be a scorcher up in the 90s this afternoon. Not much chance for rain at all. Lows overnight in the low 70s, so it's not going to be a bad weekend, but it's going to be hot in the afternoons. If you have need more weather information, full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. James is in Powder Springs and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, James, good morning. Good morning. How you doing? I'm doing fine. How can I help? Well, I've got uh, a couple of what I think are used to be shrubs, but are now approaching tree heights about 40 foot along the south side of my house. Yeah. And I just, they're just about ready to reach the gutter, and I wanted hmm. to cut them back and cut them away from the house, but I didn't know how much to cut before I would kill them. I don't want to kill them. I want to try to save yeah. them. You say there's a holly bush? Is that what you said, James? One is a holly bush, and one is some other kind of hedge-type bush. I'm not sure what. As it, gr- as it rolls into summertime, I get more and more conservative about how much you can prune off of a plant and it not really care, not be harmed by it. 
So this, we're in mid-June already, and so I'm thinking, well, I don't want this guy to, to prune half the foliage off of it. That's really not going to be a great thing for the plant. It's not going to it'll be hard to recover from that much damage in the summertime because of the heat, basically, because yeah. it's still looking for a lot of water. Um, so let's put it at about a third, James. Let's put it that way. Let's do a third of the removal that you're going to that you're aiming for now, and then wait until wintertime. Wait till December or January, really, to take away the other so much that takes it down to the size that you like. Yeah, I kind of like to get it about waist high. <laughs> oh man, and it's up to the gutters now. Ooh, that's a lot. It's about 35, 40 feet tall. Yeah, we're not going to go the full, the full mighty this first time. Let's cut it again, about a third of what you want to take out, and then do whatever needs to be done in wintertime, because that's a better time for the tree to be, to be um, pruned is in the wintertime, not in the heat of the summertime. When you say a third, you say a third of the total foliage. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Just stand out by side and look and sort of hold your hands in front of your face and say, all right, if I took that limb there and this limb here and this top limb here down to about four, down four feet, then that'd be about a third. That's what you need. Because I've got a lot of it leaning up against the house and causing the house to get moldy and I wouldn't just Yeah, there. that would be the first limb that I would take off right there. You don't want it to hurt your house uh, with the limbs that stay on it. Not at all. All righty. All righty. Hey, it's great talking to you, James. Thanks, thanks sure. for calling. Bye-bye. Our phone number is 404 872 750 Back to more Lawn and Garden right after news.